0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. I'm Howard Bender. With me, of course, is Adam Ronis. Two of us are here from Fantasy Alarm, courtesy of the Us Podcast Network. Adam, man, how you doing? How was your weekend? This is a big, big NBA playoff time for you. Um, Is the juice worth the squeeze?
1: I think it was a great weekend to start for the NBA playoffs. A lot of competitive games, you know, and I wrote when I did the preview of the NBA playoffs and a wager alarm. I said this is the most compelling first round that I can remember in a long time because usually you have lopsided matchups, you know, who's going to win. But I, I think most of these series are going to be very competitive and close games and you know, it started on Saturday Bucks only beat the heat by two in overtime. You had Dallas who a lot of people feel was going to lose to the Clippers in five or six. They go into L.A. and win by 10. You know, the Nets actually got off to a really bad start. They were down uh, 53-47 at halftime. And that lead was at sometimes double digits. But Brooklyn came alive, as we expected, in the second half and pulled away. Um, Blazers went into Denver on Saturday and won. Uh, it was close most of the way. They pulled away late. I didn't see the Sixers-Wizards game on Sunday. But Sixers only won by seven. That stayed competitive. Suns beat the Lakers. Hawks, Trey Young, floater at the uh, near the end of the game, like a point nine left to win it by two. And then the Grizzlies going to Utah and win by three. The surprise there was Donovan Mitchell didn't play. I mean, he was expected to play. He was not on the injury report. He hasn't played since April 16th due to an ankle injury, missed 16 regular season games. And his player prop was 27 and a half points. And I'm like, give me the under. I wrote it up. I'm like, yeah, taking the under first game back playoff intensity rust. And then a few hours before the game, he's not playing. I was like, what? And then a report came out today that he was pretty upset that Utah held him out, but uh I did like Memphis plus nine in that game. I thought that was just too many points. And uh Memphis went in there and did a good job and won. So yeah, really good start to the playoffs this weekend.
0: Yeah, I mean, it looks like incredibly entertaining. I happen to catch some of that that Phoenix uh Laker game, obviously. Um you know, my interests there to troll Jim Bowden as much as I possibly can. But yeah, dude, uh, I mean, AD did not look good in that game. That was a bad, bad performance by him. Um, That's going to be, that series is going to be super interesting. Obviously, you know, you look at these two teams and, you know, the Lakers, even as a seven seed, they're favored over everybody. So, you know, Phoenix, who put up a a really strong season for themselves, um, you know, make it make it a little game out of it here. So I'm I'm pretty excited about that. Um did all the all the lower seeds won in the west and all but one uh higher seed won in the east, huh?
1: No, Phoenix is the two, so they they won. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I keep but that. yeah, and the rest you had um look, Portland's the six. Um, you know, I wrote all my predictions there on wager alarm. I had Portland winning this series in seven. Um again, I, I think that's that's one of the best series in the first round. We get game two Monday night. Uh, I think Denver takes that one. They kind of have to. They're at home. They, you don't want to go back to Portland down 2-0. So I think Denver wins on Monday night. And, um, yeah, look, Utah needs Donovan Mitchell to win. They, I know they played very well without him, but in the playoffs, they need him. He stepped up last year. He's that big-time scorer. He's the guy you want. With the ball in the hands down the stretch. So it sounds like he's playing game two. So I think Utah will be fine once he comes back. Although it's not easy to miss that much time. And then, all right, here you go. Playoff intense basketball. And Dylan Brooks has done a hell of a job defensively. He did it against Steph Curry in that last game. Um, You know, Curry had a good game. But if you look at the splits, he held uh, Curry down. Um, So it's not going to be easy for Mitchell to come back. And then, you know, the Lakers, man, I know we're all saying they'll be fine, but I I really do have some concerns. You know, it's one of those things like, can you just turn it on? And they did against Golden State, but it's because Golden State didn't play well. It's not like the Lakers played great. You're right about Anthony Davis, man. I just, it looked like he wasn't even playing. I tweeted out, is Anthony Davis playing today? Because you didn't even see him on the court. I mean, the problem with the Lakers is, if they don't get great games from LeBron James and Anthony Davis, they can't win. They just can't. And right. if Davis is scoring 13 and LeBron is 18, they're not winning. Th- that's the thing is they, ha- they have no margin for error. Those, both those guys have got to play great, and uh, they did it. Uh, and, but, you know, Booker outscored them. Booker had 34 points, and Davis and LeBron combined 31. So that's a problem for the Lakers. They only shot 27% from three-point range. So they're going to really need a huge game from Anthony Davis, LeBron James in game two. So I know everyone was, even though the the Suns were favored in game one, (laughs) that's what, you know, they they were favored. So, but for the series, obviously the Lakers are, but the Lakers do need to start showing something because I do think they're a little bit vulnerable here. We all say, yeah, well, LeBron and Anthony Davis are the best, but they really haven't done it. For a while now. So I I actually am a little concerned. Wow. So the Lakers are favored in game two on Tuesday night by one and a half. Interesting.
0: Well, I mean, you figure again that you're going to see them favored more often than not. But yeah, listen, I think it's, you know, the, the, the interesting thing about last year with the Lakers was LeBron obviously helped elevate Anthony Davis. And you talked about this a lot last year that Anthony Davis. Um, wasn't sitting out as much that you know leBron basically elevating it saying you you play hurt stop being such a puss uh and stop taking all this time off so they had a lot more time together la- you know last season this year it's been it's been hard like you know LeBron's been hurt a d's been hurt um and so I'm with you i don't I don't think that you can just turn it on no matter what uh and be able to do it I mean will there be a game or two where the two of them will click and and LeBron will take things over and whatever. Yes, probably. Cause that's just, I mean, it's a a, a seven game series or a five game series. Seven. So it's a seven game series. So, you know, you, you can definitely, you know that you're going to see that, but you know, I mean, being able to like take that momentum and just kind of, you're not going to roll over Phoenix like this. You're just not going to, you know, you might take advantage of it early, but Mm, I tell you, Oh, that's that. That could just be my anti-Lakers sentiment too. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. It could be. No, uh, look game two. I think it's
1: uh, pretty important for them. I think you need to see the Lakers come out and play. Well, you need to see Anthony Davis involved. You need to see LeBron, you know, take over a game. You know, I, I don't think LeBron looked right. And I think Andre Drummond's a problem for this team when he's on the floor. I think they just need to play Davis at center. And uh, get Drummond off the floor, but yeah, it's not a lot that the Lakers are going to win this series or even make the finals. Uh, I know that's been a lot of people's predictions, but uh, I do have some concern. You know, are they going to be able to to turn this on?
0: I don't know. I definitely don't know. I mean, what do you think? I mean, what's your gut telling you?
1: Yeah, they can. I think they can. Yeah, uh, my prediction was Lakers in six, so I'll stick with it. But I don't feel that's the thing with this year predicting the champion. I don't think you can say with certainty. Oh yeah, this team's gonna win it. Like I don't feel that way. I just right. don't. You know, I think I think Brooklyn can win it. I think the Lakers can win it. I think Philly can win it. I think I think Utah can win it. I know a lot of people are shitting on them, um, but if Donovan Mitchell's healthy, I think they can. Despite what we saw in Game One. Uh, a lot of people like the Clippers, man. That's a team that I just can't figure out, man. I, I liked them last year. They burned me. And then in game one, for them to come out and lose by 10 at home, I know it's game one and, and things happen. But, man, they just – something about that team just doesn't feel right to me. I don't know. It's something about them that I don't like. I did predict them to win, uh, but I didn't have them winning in the second round. I have them losing to Utah. But a lot of people do like the Clippers. I could see why, you know, the a lot of the analytics and their numbers. But there's just something that doesn't feel right with that team once again. Even though they made the coaching change, they have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Just doesn't feel like they're going to do it in my mind. But I, I do think these are really interesting playoffs, man. And uh, it's great for the NBA.
0: I love it. It is great for the NBA to see that, that kind of, uh, you know. I kind of run there. You guys can check out all of Adam's work over at wageralarm.com. His playoff future picks. uh, You definitely want to check out. Um, Yeah. All right. So you just you did every series, right? Yeah. Yeah. For the first round. Yeah. For the first round. So you guys can check that out and see where you're at. And then, you know, I mean, it's not like, you know, you can't. Can't place anything on it now, but you can do some uh, in-series betting.
1: Yeah, yeah no, you could do that. Like, say, if, if, if you're on the Lakers now, I mean, I, I haven't looked at what their number is, but obviously you're going to get a better number with them down uh, one game. Yeah. Maybe is a team you want to look at if you believe in them. Um, so, absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Uh, maybe you're on the Clippers and you're like, nah, they're going to come back. Uh, so, yeah, you, you could look at the in-game stuff, uh, in-series stuff as well.
0: Very, very nice. So check it all out. WagerAlarm.com right in the NBA area. You must check it out. You must check it out. Um, Let's see. What else went down in the world of sports? Are you a boxing guy?
1: Not really, no.
0: All right. So then we can pass over that. Uh, NASCAR, your thing? No. Um, Were you enamored with the fact that Phil Mickelson uh, became the oldest guy to win a PGA major?
1: Uh, You know, I saw people talking about it on social media. I don't know what it was. I turned it on, I guess, after it ended and saw, like, that horde of people following him. And I saw some of his interviews. So, look, I'm just not a golf guy. But, like, I I think I've told you this. During the pandemic, when nothing was on, I actually watched a little golf. There was one Sunday where there was a playoff. And I watched about two hours of golf. I had my friend over. And I, I was betting on it. So that's why I was watching it. And... It's not that it's not bad, man. You know, I can't watch four days. Lisa Ann does it. I don't know how the hell she does it. I always tell her she's watching on Thursday and Friday. I can't do that shit. I can't watch <laughs> golf four days in a row. On a Sunday, you know, if it's tight down the stretch and there's drama or storyline, sure, I'll tune in. But it's hard when the NBA playoffs are on and baseball's on. I just can't do it. I respect uh, the game because I know it's very difficult, and I actually know a little bit about it more now than I ever did. So. Maybe down the road, I could see getting into it more. I understand NBA DFS is really fun, four-day sweat, although you could also get eliminated on day one or two if your golfers don't make the cut. And I think it's really helped uh, for DFS. I mean, I know it's become really popular. Uh, Betting-wise, I can't get the golfer right before, like the tournament starts, but a couple of times, like after the second day, I would find someone, put some money down and win. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I just read shit on Fantasy Alarm. Uh, cause I don't know, you know, I, I'm going to be honest. I don't know golf. So, but you know, it was fun during the pandemic. Nothing else is on. Uh, so I didn't really watch it. Uh, Lisa Ann texted me like, Hey, um, this golf's really good. I'm like, Oh, is it close? Cause it was in the afternoon. <laughs> I was doing something. This golf's really good. I forget. No, I don't know what she said. She said something about it. I was like, Oh, is it, a, <laughs> I said, is it down to the wire? Close. She's like, yeah. So, you know, I just followed it from afar, but I just, I can't, I can't get into it when NBA playoffs are on TV.
0: Um, I, Listen, I can't get into it either. I, You know, bottom line. I actually, I had an uncle who was like super into golf when I was growing up. And, uh, you know, my, my, you know, my dad didn't really, you know, like him very much. And so, you know, so anytime he was like over for Thanksgiving or whatever, you know, we were all sitting there watching football and he would come in and he'd be like, so is there anything good on, you know, like. Golf? I never understood that. Never understood that. I, you know, listen. I mean, I get it. You know, it's it's you know, different strokes for different folks, and and so be it. But no, I can't. I can't get into it either. Um, I I can't even get into the DFS aspect because I don't know the golfers at all. Right? Like, doesn't do anything for me to like make a bet or or anything. You know, like I'm I'm definitely more into boxing, and I wish that there would be boxing DFS out there. I mean. If if these stupid sites are gonna do specials for like WrestleMania, if these guys are gonna just score MMA, there's no reason why you can't score boxing as well. And and I would like to see that. I was all in on that um Josh Taylor uh uh fight from the uh from this past weekend. Um phenomenal fight, great stuff there. Knocked out Jose Ramirez, became the first. Uh, first guy from Great Britain to ever to unify to first four belt title unification. So um, good stuff there. That that that's more my speed. I, I just prefer that. It's funny too because I don't really watch a lot of MMA, and and I don't really get into that. But for some reason, boxing I just love boxing. I really do. Um, all right. Well, so I don't care about golf, and you don't care about NASCAR. I don't care about NASCAR. Not that I don't care about it. I don't watch it as well. Um, how'd baseball treat you? How'd waivers treat you uh this past weekend? I got into it. I uh, I lost uh big bids on Taylor Walls in uh tout AL. Um threw $326, right, on Taylor Walls, and uh, and I got outbid by 16 bucks by Patrick Davitt. Wow. That hurts, man. It hurts when you put a big bid and then somebody trumps you. But then how about this? I went after him in the SiriusXM Dynasty League. I put 176 on him. Fucking Josh Hayes from Roto Baller Radio, 177. That hurts.
1: That hurts. Yeah, that does, man. I did not get... The guy that I got the most this weekend was Chad Pinder. Uh, He's been playing every day for the A's. Got second base, third base eligibility, so... Picked them up in the NFBC main, my home league, GST league. Uh, tout, I got no one. I put in very few bids. Um, I wanted Michael Fomar, because I need a closer. I, I have Lou Trevino and Crichton. And I haven't even used Crichton except the one week I picked them up because you're required to have them in the lineup. So, I have six saves on the season. Only two teams have less than me, but the rest of my team is doing really well. That, that's one team that's doing exceptionally well. It's in first place. So I didn't make any ads because the problem I have, and I think we've discussed this is there are pitchers I want to add, but I have no pitchers to bench. Like I have to make a tough decision each week. And, you know, I guess I'm fortunate in that one where the injuries haven't really hit me hard. You know, I lost Paxton and Rosenthal, but it's not a big deal. Or Rosenthal was a big deal. So it's like, well, okay, I want to add this pitcher, but who am I taking out? And there's no one to take out. So I'm like, I just, it doesn't make sense for me to put in bigger bids, but I did bid on Michael Fulmer. I know he blew the save on Sunday, gave up the two-run homer to Carlos Santana, but it seems like they want to go in his direction. Uh, but I lost the bid. I was the runner-up. I think he went for 150-something, so I didn't get him. Added G-Man Choi in the NFBC main event, and he got hurt today, so that's fucking fun. Uh, <laughs> Uh well, I mean that the thing is there is I put Choi in place of Dahlback because the way the NFBC works for people who are not familiar, you set your lineup for hitters Monday through Thursday, and Dahlback only had two games, and I think Choi had four. So, worst case scenario, if he is hurt, I'll just put Dahlback in on Friday and have him for the weekend series and then decide what to do with Choi. That always sucks. Um but yeah, I mean, nothing crazy. My home league, I got Pinder and Another. Oh, Garrett Cooper was another guy who was widely available that I picked up. I think I got him at TGFBI 2. Did I get Cooper? No, I got Pinder and can't remember who else. But, yeah, I mean, the same story, though. Most of my leagues, it's my offense that's really bringing me down, man.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I've got... Sorry, I just noticed that um I lost my... uh I lost my no-hit bid for Austin Gomber. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, apparently, uh, apparently one of the Mets got a hit. I don't know. See, who that's it is. another
1: guy. So, like, he was a good two-start streamer this week. I know we went through the Austin Gomber situation a month ago where he got bombed in the first start against San Francisco. Oh, was, he got was, Gomber, dude! That was horrible. Yeah, but he actually won the second one, so he wasn't that bad. Yeah. But the, yeah, the total week was bad. So I'm sure a lot of people said that I don't want to do it this week, but dude, he's got the Mets at Citi Field and the Mets lineup is worse than the Brooklyn Cyclones lineup right now. And then he's got Pittsburgh on the road. So he was, even though I didn't get him anywhere, uh, I did put in a bid for him in the NFBC main event, uh, but I didn't want to spend a lot because, again, I have pretty good pitching there. But Gomber was someone, astray- the, dude, the Mets are just. It's it's so bad. Like, I I don't even want to watch right now because I know what's going to happen. It's pretty pathetic. I mean, I give them credit. They're into it and they're cheering each other. But this lineup is just absolutely pathetic right now. I mean, Cameron Maben is playing every day. Jose Peraza. It's James McCann's playing first base today, hitting fucking third. I mean, and it just sucks, too, because. They just played the Marlins. That's a team you want to beat, and now you got the Rockies on the road. And Rockies going into Monday are two and seventeen on the road. And the Mets are down three nothing in the fifth. And they're playing them. Is it three or four game series? Four game series. Well, um, they're making
0: up. They're making up a game that got rained out. Shit, um,
1: oh, damn! I have to hope that they. I mean, honestly, I I take a split at this point. You don't want to lose three out of four at home to the Rockies, even with all the injuries you have. I mean, you got the ground more, You got to win that game, but. Yeah. Yeah, it's I actually bad, took
0: right? the I took the Rockies on the money line tonight because of the way the Mets have been playing, and what?
1: they were they were plus what? Uh,
0: I think it was like plus
1: one twenty five. Okay, yeah, I mean, I can't blame you with, you know, with the way the Mets are uh, hitting right now.
0: Like that was the thing. It was the with the way the Mets were hitting. I mean, it was just, you know, I mean, listen, because the Rockies on the road, not so great. Had the Rockies not just swept the Diamondbacks? Like I would have been fine. Like they they got destroyed by the Padres, and and you know and that skewed scre- that skewed all of their like all of their numbers. You know when you start looking at like what they've done over the past week, you know strikeout rate was super high, team Woba was super low. But you look at the, uh, the just the the isolate the three games against the Diamondbacks, knowing that even with a, a flight across country. You're going up against the Mets, who are like a B-League team at this point right now, and the Mets are actually doing a lot worse than the Rockies were. So I kind of was like, you know, because I did have the faith in Gomber. You know, Gomber, for his last two starts, limited the, the Padres to one run in 11 and a third innings, right? Two outings. And when, he, when you go back-to-back outings against a team like the Padres, that kind of concerns me a lot. So, I'm with you. You know, everybody's thinking about that, you know, one and a third innings and nine earned runs that he uh, saddled you with, or maybe it was like two thirds of an inning with nine earned runs, whatever the case was. I think a lot of people look at that and yeah. And just kind of overlook some, some situations like this. Yeah. I
1: think also we might, now we realize that the giants have been really good and they crush left handed pitching too. So Look, do we expect them to keep this up? No. I mean, the Padres and Dodgers are definitely the class of that division. But I think it was a couple things that maybe we just overlooked and we took, oh, yeah, yeah, let's stream against the Giants on the, in, in San Francisco. Sure, let's do it. And right now, or at least to start year, it wasn't a good idea. But he did bounce back. If you had that two-star week, he got that win and he has been better. And, you know, look, if, you, if he does get bombed in one of these games, you can't regret it. It's like the Mets and Citi Field, look at the Mets lineup. In Pittsburgh, in Pittsburgh, and look at the Pirates lineup. So yep, exactly. it might not work out, but to me, the, the thinking going into it worked out. And as you alluded to, he has pitched much better.
0: He has definitely pitched much better. and So far in this game against the Mets, four innings, one hit, no walks, no earned runs, three strikeouts, uh, Jonathan VR with a single, um, and that just that quickly got erased um, immediately here. So Rockies are up three, nothing on that one there. So yeah. Oh, Gomber, 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 Gomber. Now let me ask you to the Rockies here. So you went after Michael Fulmer, you know, I saw in one of my leagues actually still available Hansel Robles, even though I know that, you know, Taylor Rogers still get a, you know, locked in as the, as the closer, um you know knowing the way Baldelli likes to use guys I'm still interested in Robles just because you know if it's a really tough matchup that needs a lefty in the eighth then Robles is going to be the guy who's going to end up closing the game while uh you know Rogers ends up doing that but so I went after Hansel Robles there but I also went after Daniel Bard was sitting there now listen, I get it the ERA doesn't look good and you know the whip doesn't look good, and it's a Colorado pitcher, which everybody wants to avoid. But the dude's got six saves on the season right now, and you know he's closing down games for the Rockies. They're going to get saves at some point. So I don't know. Thoughts on uh, on Bard? Are you thinking I just uh, I'm barking up the wrong tree?
1: Nah, they seem committed to him because I think people were speculating a couple of weeks ago. Oh, Bard's pitching terrible. It's going to be Michael Gibbons. And it hasn't happened. So uh, he was available in labor. I did put in a bid. I didn't get him. So, yeah, I mean, why not? Like, the saves are very difficult to come by. Even if he gets you three and loses the job, every save is valuable. It sounds crazy. And he might damage your ratios a little bit. But every save is so important at this point. And remember, there are going to be more saves that come throughout the season. We're going to see injuries. We're going to see changes. So even if you're low on saves, I wouldn't punt at this point. Try and get what you can. You're going to have to piece it together. I Trust me, I know it's not easy. I'm struggling in most of my leagues and saves. Like I said, in Towers, I have six saves, man. I've been starting one closer every week. And the one positive with that, it's allowing me to pile up strikeouts because I have all these starters going. But I'm not giving up. I think the next teams in front of me are seven ahead of me so look i'll I'll keep looking in the waiver wire and if
0: not I'll make a trade at some point <coughs> yeah I'm kind of you know i' I'm, I'm, it's it's funny I'm sitting there and I'm kind of hanging middle of the pack in saves and uh in al tout I could definitely move up I think I think it's it, it's it's a movable spot but you know my only guy I have Trevino also. So, I mean, I don't know if he's gonna come back and, and start doing anything. You know, this is the I lost Rosenthal earlier, but I have Roldis Chapman sitting there and he's keeping pace. So, you know, what I'm kind of hoping for is that my offense just maintains what it's doing here and uh and then I'm gonna get back Framber Valdez, and hopefully that helps. And, you know, between that, between some of the bench depth that I have, um, I'm I'm kind of hoping that I can possibly trade for uh another closer but you know maybe this maybe missing out on Taylor Walls was a blessing in disguise uh and and a saves candidate is going to emerge who I can just empty the wallet for
1: yeah sometimes I mean, you have to look at it like that you get disappointed that you lose the player and you know what if he's only the guy for a few weeks and they do bring up Franco or Bruhan you know so right. that's that's the way you got to look at it um i understand why teams were aggressive on him just because especially if you're teetering in the standing. It's like, look, I can't wait. I need as many at-bats as possible. Even if it's two, three weeks, I'll take it. We know how precious the at-bats are in the mono weeks.
0: Yes, that's that's huge. That's definitely huge. And that was the reason, that was, you know, my reasoning behind it um, was I do know how precious the at-bats are. And if I could get a hold of, you know, if I could get a hold of Walls um, and he does hold the job for a little while, knowing that, Franco or Brujan could be coming sooner than later if he quiets down. Uh, You know, try and deal him to somebody. Some, you know, every time a, a you know it's so funny when you look at these mono leagues. And anytime there's somebody who's like you know mildly relevant for uh, for using, um, I mean the prices. You know, they just they, they skyrocket. There's do you always enjoy somebody playing in, in a mono league? league. What's that? Do you enjoy playing in a
1: mono league? Not particularly. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I do you. No, that's why I stopped
0: doing them. I only do them because it's touting its labor.
1: I know. Well, fortunately, I didn't get stuck in those.
0: Well, see, you know, I, I you know, I guess because I was, uh, I, 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 you know, I, I never knew about, like, you know, to, to how to go about it. I, I didn't realize that you had to ask. I thought you just, you know, they invited you, right? It was just like that was it. Um, now that I'm like part of the club, I realized that, um, you have to ask to, 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 get in there. Like, you know, I don't remember, it came up in a conversation. I, came, I think it came up in a conversation with, uh, with Steve Gardner at first. And I was like, yeah, you know, I mean, you and I were just jo- joking around. We talked, you know, fish all the time. And, uh, and I was like, well, you know, maybe if, uh, if I ever get invited into the, uh, into the labor leagues and he's like, oh. Are you interested? I was like, Yeah, of course I'm interested. It's you know one of the premier industry leagues. He's like, Oh, okay, cool. Let me see if uh, you know, where I've got room for you, and uh, and we'll get you in on, on that next season. I was like, Really? That, that was it. I just asked, and that happens, and he was like, you know, I mean he's like, I didn't he's like, the fact that you never asked kind of made me wonder if you had any interest in it at all. And that's so I was, so I immediately went to Jeff Erickson and I was like, yo. What's the deal with Tout? Do I have to ask in, or, or you guys just send out your invitations? And he said the exact same thing that Gardner said. He's like, oh, well, you know, you never asked about it. Uh, are, are you interested? Like, fuck, yeah, dude, of course I'm interested. That first year in Tout, they put me in the, uh, in the head-to-head league, which was a, uh, a head-to-head points league, which is my least favorite format in fantasy. Like, my least favorite format is a head-to-head points league. And um, and so I did that for the first year, and then I just and then I messaged them. And I was like, hey, if you guys have any room in any other tout league besides this one here, I am definitely interested in moving. If you have a space that opens up, you know, let me know. And so when they said uh, AL only, I was like, yeah, just get, get me the fuck out. Fucking points league, this head-to-head points league. I just hate it so much. I don't have time for a head-to-head points league. Ugh.
1: Yeah, I guess I never asked in. That's why I didn't get into labor until last year. <laughs> and they started that new mixed league and I uh, got the invite. So, yeah, I never asked in. So, that's why I wasn't in labor for so long.
0: Did you ask in to tout?
1: I don't think I did. I don't know if um, how I got in or... Someone reached out or recommended, but I don't remember asking to get in. I just remember if I wanted to play one year. I'm assuming someone recommended. Maybe it was Scott Engel probably tried to get me in or not. You know, one of them probably.
0: Yeah, it does. It does come with a recommendation. Like you can ask them so they know you're interested. But, you know, I guess somebody basically needs to vouch for you.
1: Right. Because I've done it for a couple people.
0: You're a good stand-up guy like that, Adam.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I want to bring in new blood who I can kick the shit out of, so that's (laughs) why. No, I'm just kidding.
0: (laughs) I love picking on the newbies. Exactly. Like I know these guys suck. Sure, yeah, bring them into (laughs) town. Unless it's like Ariel Cohen, and then you're like, ah, man, this dude's going to thump me. Nah, I wouldn't say
1: that. Even though the league I'm in, he's in first in labor, but. Yeah, just one of those years where that—that's another team just can't go right. A couple more players put on the injured list this week in that league.
0: That happens. It happens. I'm out of
1: last place, at least, at least for now. I'm sure I'll check at the end of the night but back in last. All right, I,
0: I I found out that I uh, I finally scooted out of last place in the uh, in the FSGA. I can't be fucking relegated in this goddamn FSGA. Injuries have just absolutely destroyed me. In, uh, in, in labor uh in, uh, in FSGA. And I mean, it's like, really, I'm going to end up getting like relegated out of this fucking league because, you know, I mean, the injuries are just obscene, obscene. It really is,
1: man. It's just every freaking day. Like, I know this is not a huge injury, but Wilson Ramos back on the injured list. And the worst part of that, it was announced today. So if you're in a weekly league, you probably don't have a third catcher. You're catching zeros for the whole week at catcher now. Yeah. It's just, it's just endless. And then today, Michael Conforto and Jeff McNeil looks like they're out to the end of June. Carlos Carrasco, late June, early July. <laughs> oh, man. It's just, yeah. I mean, it's like every day. Manny Machado sitting out four straight game because of a shoulder injury. Christian Yelich sitting out on Monday. They played four games at the National League Park. He's played in two since he came back. I know he homered on Sunday for the first time, but it's like, you know, that's a guy that, oh, man, he's frustrating. Because, and the worst part is, I, I liked him, didn't love him. But in labor, I went to 36 on him. No one went higher. I was like, oh, okay. I thought he was going to go higher. <laughs> so, but, yeah, in my keeper league, I felt like I had to keep him because he was pretty cheap and it's an OBP league. But he's really hurt teams. At least when you have players that are injured and you know they're going to be out, you know the deal. With Yelich, it's just like, he came back that first game. All right, back in my weekly league. Up, injured listed. So now you got one game out of him in that weekly league. And now you got him sitting games. I mean, he's clear he's not 100%. I mean, good sign that he homered on Sunday. But yeah, the injuries have just been brutal. Like, we, we've we dealt with injuries over the years. I have, I have two teams, Labor and the uh, NFPC Online Championship. I can never recall the injuries on those teams that I've endured this year. It's... Absolutely insane. And I know everyone who has multiple teams in baseball has at least one or two that are just absolutely slammed with injuries this year. It's inevitable if you play in many leagues. You can't avoid it.
0: No, you definitely can't avoid it. You can't. I mean, you know. But here yeah, you know here's the interesting aspect. Like, what's worse? Like not having the guy, right? Because he's on the IL, or having a guy like Yelich, who it's like in and out and you have to start like you have to start him when he's playing you know it's one of those you know we i i got into a debate with somebody in fantasy football about this about you know who was a bigger bust was it saquon barkley or oh man who was the um shit i'm trying to remember who it was but it was just it was a player who You know, the the question was, I was like, you know, what's worse for you? Like to have the guy who's probably maybe he's banged up or he's slumping or whatever. What's the bigger bust? Losing Barkley outright like that. You know, he's gone for the rest of the season or having this guy in your fucking lineup and you have to play him every single week. And, you know, and in baseball, it happens like that where you just you have you play a guy regularly because he's a top flight player. And the last thing you want to do is miss this, like the beginning of his like breakout and his, his, you know, and so you, you have to play Yelich on a regular basis. So who's the bigger bus trout. Who's now who's out for a while or Yelich who you just don't even fucking know.
1: It's worse to have the Yelich because like you said, you would have to put him in the lineup and ah. you don't know. Yeah. You don't know when he's going to play. And is he going to sit out at least with trout? Hey, you know, he's out six to eight weeks. It absolutely sucks. But Hey, you know, all right, I'm going to be without him for two months. I, I got to figure this out. So that's the preferred situation. They both suck, but <laughs> that's the way uh, that I would prefer to have it.
0: Yeah. I, I How, I, when I have, would how about when you have
1: both on the same team, like I do in my home league? Oh,
0: yeah. Well, that's just – that's that's cruel and unusual. That's – come on. That's... Yeah,
1: remember, you were like, oh, my God, you have Yelich, Trout, Soto. Yeah, yeah. that's not working out well. I mean no I should I mean I'm in third place but when I look at the team like where I am offensively I'm like damn how am I this low in runs homers I mean pitching's carry me like mostly because I have Cole and Trevor Rogers and uh uh Brubaker has been good F no I don't have F they Garrett Cole uh but a lot of guys who are pitching very well Boyd, you know all these guys that I got for cheap but man, the offense is just really rough, man. Really rough. And a lot of leagues, too. Well, that's
0: baseball, Susan.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't see this till now. I know this happened earlier. There's some good news. Buxton could begin a rehab
0: assignment before the end of this week. Who comes back first, Buxton or Springer? Buxton. Who's the bigger bust so far, Buxton or Springer?
1: Oh, Springer, bro. The dudes that. What does he play in one game, two games? It's been a atrocious. At least Buxton's been phenomenal when he's played.
0: Oh, it's so awful. Again, there you go. My FSGA team, fucking George Springer. Just brutal. Absolutely brutal. So gross. So gross. All right. Well, so there you go, folks. We got a little NBA roundup here. We got some fun baseball stuff. But as Adam knows, and if you guys have listened to me on uh, SiriusXM or you've uh, followed me on Twitter at Roto Buzz Guy or on Facebook, Howard Bender, there is a new puppy in the house. And that poor puppy has uh, been sitting in his crate for about two hours now, two and a half hours, um, napping with the other dogs. But he needs to go out and he needs to play. So Adam, i go play with my puppy. All right. Well, I hope you have fun. Uh, I'll you be working. I'll be working while you play with your puppy. You're going to work? Uh, you yeah. have fun, man. <laughs> you have fun. You know what? Well, About I'm watching. Time. Well, well the time, NBA. you lazy son of
1: a bitch. The NBA will be on in the background. Although Milwaukee, Milwaukee, man, is kicking the
0: shit out of Miami right now. 71-45. Oh, man. No Jimmy Buckets on the, on the, uh, on the court tonight, huh? Just James Butler.
1: Yeah, and he was 4 of 22 in game one.
0: Oh, ugh, ugh! there's nothing worse than when he goes cold like that. So, well, all right. Well, there you go. That's going to do it for us here. As always, thank you so much for liking and subscribing. Uh, you can, uh, yeah. I, I, I don't even. I was just going to say you can listen to Adam on Sirius XM Fast Sports <laughs> Radio tonight doing uh, Lee his Fantasy. But you'll be listening to this on Tuesday, which means you get him in Fencedy. Uh, on alarm after hours and that's always fun to listen to adam pick on fenced so all right well thanks so much everybody for tuning in for adam ronis i'm howard bender this has been the anti-up podcast we'll catch you next time